Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here with two very special guests. Uh, can you all go and introduce yourselves? Hi, this is Carol Bellavo. I'm co-owner of Trouble Wellness Solutions. And Jesse Helmendaler, co-owner of Treble. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Hey, thank you for being on the show today. Super appreciate it. Uh, That's awesome. And I always love to start off just a story, the story of how you came into this industry, how you came into this business of fitness and got to where you are today. Right. I'll just start off and then Jesse can fill in details. It's interesting that you're asking us this because a lot of people lately were in some business networking groups and they've started to hear our story and they're like, why don't you share that story with the world? And so we're we're actually going to start working on that. But um, Jesse and I came into this business kind of the same. I have a very different background than him. I have an art and, and um, design background and came in as a client under the previous owner. And um, the business started to thrive and the owner needed support and help from People and I kind of just jumped in. I don't really have a strong fitness background. It's taken me 10 years to build that through the course of coaching and getting to know, you know, business procedures. And so um, we worked for the previous owner um, in a few different capacities. <clears throat> we were called associates then and helped build client list and branding through CrossFit. We were CrossFit NRV and then we became CrossFit Blacksburg. And um Worked really well. We were the only affiliate, um, probably within a 250-mile range, I'm going to guess. So we were kind of the hot girl in town, and uh, everybody came to us and was bumping. And um, uh, so we were her associates and, again, helped her get to that point. And then I'll let Jesse kind of take over what happened next. The owner decided that she was getting tired and a little bit burnt out, want to spend more time at home with their family, and I'll let him take it from there. Yeah, so I have more of a traditional, I have an exercise science background. I uh, went to, did my undergrad in exercise science, uh, a little bit of athletic training background, a little bit of uh, traditional sports strength conditioning, and um, came on around the same time as Carol, where personal training, group training, that kind of stuff, and we uh, took over the business, and we decided from a business standpoint that we needed to differentiate ourselves and um, really not be um, compared to uh, other folks that we shouldn't be compared to when stand on our own two feet. So um, we, over a couple of year process, uh, developed our own brand, Trouble Wellness Solutions, and you know what we stand for over the past kind of probably five years now, we made a pretty big shift towards um, the coach for life model. And, and really more of a concierge um, fitness experience where I tell folks that I am a more of a lifestyle coach masquerading as a personal trainer. Um, and then here we are today. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. I like, I like the phrase Carol that used the hot girl in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so you kind of spoke a little bit on that evolution going from the, the CrossFit brand to, you know, finding your own name and your own brand and really kind of letting that take off. And in, and Jesse, I can't remember the exact phrasing you just used. The, what'd you say? The coaching is life model. I totally, uh, co- 
Coach for life. So coach for life, meaning that you're, we are your coach for, um, not for just right now, but also for the long term and not your coach for just in the gym, but more, more specifically your coach for the real life outside of the gym. And that's really important to us. And, um, we, we just always make sure that um, whenever entering into a relationship that it's mutually beneficial and that we, um, we really, most of our folks are, I wouldn't say they're allergic to the gym, but that's <laughs> that's not why uh, they're not gym rats. And that's what we prefer. The folks of the gym rats, we uh, we tend to um, not attract them. And um, if they are gym rats, we try to rehab them um, based on. And I, and I say that mostly because we go over what are your goals, what are your priorities. And after we go over that and really have a, a deep dive analysis into what's really important to you, um, most folks, if they are more inclined to spend you know, six days a week, you know, 10 plus hours in the gym, they realize, hey, that doesn't really align with my goals and priorities currently with life. So we kind of rehab folks and uh, service in that way. Yeah, no, no, that that makes sense. So what what led to that evolution? What led to the evolution of, you know, having that focus and, and having that, you know, coach for life sort of model? Uh, what what evolved over time with you all? Yeah, it was we could start to see the writing on the wall that um, just back to that CrossFit affiliation, it's difficult to distinguish yourself when you just have the same designation as other gyms around you. And so we were having um, not necessarily retention problems, but people were just lumping us in with the same name as the other CrossFit affiliates that started to pop open. And it was, and that's a great thing to have competition. It's healthy for your business. It makes you stay on your toes. But if there's no distinguishing the quality and your um, what you're going to get for your money, um, then why wouldn't I just go down the road to the cheaper gym? And, and that's, you probably know this, there can be a little bit of what they call the race to the bottom. And we decided we just couldn't do that. So changing our branding, patenting and trademarking our name was really valuable for us. We're still young in that department with treble because people are starting to grasp what it means through social media and beyond kind of like a referral based system. But, um, Getting that out there and having people understand it and changing that intake process to much more of almost a, like Jesse said, concierge, I help you figure everything out, gives people a lot of trust in us, and they're much less likely to leave and shop around for something different if they're getting what they perceive as value from us, which is that coach for life model, a a close relationship with our clients versus, you know, we're just going to come in and do some workouts and go home. Yeah. So can you maybe dive into more what that close relationship with your clients looks like? What 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 takes it from that giving them a workout, letting them go home to what you guys are offering at Trouble? Yeah, I mean, the workout is kind of just one of the tools, just like a tool you would use, like a a dumbbell or a rower. Um, That that class group workout is just one tool that we use. So. if you look at the evolution of a client, there's there's generally some awareness around us. We're we're probably about 95% referral based. That's I mean we just don't get folks who just walk in, so we're referral based. Uh, we have some type of conversation, and uh, really the first date is like a like a 30 minute consultation. Do you want to continue on with us? Do we want to continue on with you? And then we'll uh, do some type of assessment. And still that assessment is just like an extension of that first date. 
And yeah, we're doing all of the X's and O's and I'm, you know, we're analyzing, you know, positioning and movement and, you know, how out of breath you are. Um, there's a little bit of psychology in there and digging in emotionally and, and really seeing if, if somebody wants to do like, what is, what is their why? What are the emotional reasons? And, and it's really more just in the sales process of us deciding if we want to work with this person, if uh, they're going to be a good fit in our culture and them still deciding if they want to. And then along the way, um, after that assessment, we give them kind of the traditional, okay, this is what we found out about you. Here's what's going on. And we uh, continue on with one-on-one uh, -on -one private training. Mm -hmm. During that private training, you notice I'm not really talking about like the X's and O's of exercise, right? That's, yeah. that's the easy part. That's, that's the easy part. It's establishing the relationship, the trust, digging in deeper, um, setting the habits. Um, a lot of, for me personally, what I do is I'm, I'm a glorified, um, I know the schedule of my client, their spouse, their kids, because those things are more important. Once they come in and they, they show up, that's easy. You know, the, the hour that they're with us, that's easy. And so all throughout that process, you have built a, you know, the basis for a longstanding relationship. And then we transition them into group setting because after a while, you're going to want to, you know, develop other relationships than just with, just with, you know, me. And we just don't let them go off on their own. We're there for their first couple classes. It's all scripted. And then continuing on, they have this long term, what we call a hybrid membership where they're continuing to come in. Um, not necessarily as much as they want to. Um, but it's scripted based on what's appropriate for them, what, what fits their schedule, uh, what their goals are, where they currently are in life. And throughout that process, they're still checking in with us. They're still meeting with us. Maybe it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever is appropriate. There's usually some type of kind of waterfall system where at first it's much more consistent than eventually. And in those check-in sessions, a lot of folks think, oh, yeah, you know, it's time for me to work on this new movement. I'm not really teaching new movements. I'm sitting down, you know, having coffee. How's it going? What's going on with you? We have... You know, it's October, basically between from Halloween to New Year's Day. That's uh, that's the time where that's the silly season where, um, unfortunately, folks really need us. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just all that relationship building. It's that it's someone what we offer is a professional relationship to help manage our clients health and wellness. That's no different than going to, um, you know, a wealth advisor, you know, someone to manage you know, whatever money you have. And the tools that we have at our disposal are obviously the things that you might see around a traditional gym. You might see the group setting. You might see the one-on-one -on -one private training setting. But it's also the interactions, the emails, the text. So, um, and that's not something that you can convey um, over your social media cha channels, especially when there's other businesses that have the same name as you. So that's why we continue to be a CrossFit affiliate, but our branding is no longer the CrossFit brand. It's the treble brand so that, um, you know, people can say, yes, go to Carol when you have this problem, go to Jesse when you have this problem, treble can take care of that problem for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love, I love the picture you painted with that professional relationship, uh, that you're having with your clients and just your wording, your all's wording that you use is something that I haven't really quite heard in the industry. Um, so it's really interesting. And, I am curious, where did the name Trouble Wellness come from? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's part of our story that we need to tell. Yeah. Yes, tell the story. Well, we um, we have a relationship with a professor from a local university who put Jesse primarily through some branding exercises. We 
we kind of had an idea. We did, you know, back of the paper. I actually found some old drawings the other day of maybe some potential branding. And um, we worked with her to come up with the name. We knew we wanted to patent the name and get a, an official trademark. And that's really difficult to do with the U.S. Patent Office if you have um, – you basically have to make up a word. I don't know if people out there realize <laughs> that. So that's why you see things like Babel – Gizmo, all these things with all these weird names because it's really hard to patent something with uh, a standard word on it that already exists or, you know, Apple. You're not going to get a hold of Apple anytime soon. So we work in um, our logo includes a delta, and that delta for us is a powerful representation of the owner's relationship um, on the delta if you can picture the triangle, mm -hmm. the coach's relationship, and then the client relationship. And so if all of that can stay in a really symbiotic, professional, positive relationship, we're much more apt to retain the client versus um, just kind of the wild, wild west. So there's the owners, Jesse and I at the top, but we're also coaches. We help our coaches to have those relationships and present opportunities to our coaches. And then our clients generally have a great outcome, and we ask them for feedback a lot. So treble is just a word. We made up a word. <laughs> yeah. Jesse might expand yeah. on it more. It might be more yeah, I've, I've had a little bit. I've given a couple of talks on this recently, <laughs> and I've had to brush up on the story. Um, yeah, the first thing, like Carol was saying, was you got to have a word, right? So it's like, okay, let's. And this is about a two-year. <laughs> this took a while. Um, we went through about a hundred words, and it's like, wow, no, this isn't gonna. Yeah, between us, just like doing some basic Google searches, and then going. Um, with a, a lawyer who specializes in this field, it took a while. And then, um, so there was fine. First, you have to find a word that's unique that you can actually, you know, have and, and put in for, you know, that trademark. Um, the origins of our business, um, our LLC name is M3P LLC. So M3P. And that stands for my third place. What we wanted was treble to be someone's third place. So the concept of the third place goes back, uh, I think there's a book written called The Starbucks Experience that kind of explains some of the phenomena, popularity of Starbucks. Um, your first place is typically home. People have a second place, which is work. And that third place, traditionally, it might be the church or the bar or the softball league. And we want travel to be you know, everybody's third place. So that's so you see a, a trend with threes. We love the number three. So there's the third place concept. There's the it has to work for the three entities, has to work for the clients, for the coaches and for the business. So those three, we love this, the, the symbol of the delta, the symbol for change. So we love that. And then, you know, the word treble comes up and treble in the music from the music sense is one one part of a greater whole. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, between all that going through and then crossing our fingers when we put in, you know, is this word even going to work in the fitness space? <laughs> Um, it was a no brainer. And even from there, you know, there's, there's the colors, you know, the, we spent a lot of time on what our colors are. Our basic colors are, are, uh, you know, black and gray and white with our accent color, which is like, it's interesting. It's our main color, but it's our accent color, um, is a, is a special type of green that we came up with, um, for a number of reasons, mostly, um, representing the health side of things, representing growth. And then even in our, um, symbol, the Delta symbol, one of the things that we did that we really liked was we we're always trying to um, fit in somehow the concept of the path to mastery. And there's a, there's a symbol for the path to mastery. And the path to mastery basically explains 
um, the process and the journey of how you would get better at anything, whether it's playing the violin, whether it's being a parent, whether it's in the world of business, whatever it is. And there's not necessarily just a linear path where you start off on one end and then as the time um, creeps out, you end up higher. There's usually more um, ups and downs. And that's with ups and downs are really the emotional part of things where you have the big high and the big low. But kind of the uh, the punchline is that when you uh, the, the kind of flat line, the plateau, even though that's not emotional, that is where all of the good stuff happens. That is just showing up and putting in the work. And then long term, you'll, you'll see that. So within our delta, um, we have basically the path to mastery wrapped up in there where the line starts off real small and it gets bigger um, there. It's a continuing on point. So if anybody wants to Google treble and Blacksburg and we'll see our delta and see the path to mastery that's in there. So um, pretty cool stuff that we feel. I mean, that was that was countless conversations and going back and forth. And what's really cool is all of our ownership had a small little piece in the development of that. Mm -hmm. That's neat. And I love asking about names and brand because there's there's often not not always, but there's often a lot of thought, just like you explained, that goes behind all this and reasoning and just meaning. And I love hearing that because you're like, I, you know, you, you wouldn't maybe ever get all of that just from looking at it. You might get taste and like if you're in the business and in trouble, you might like understand it a bit more, but you never would get that whole picture. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so what did it look like then um, kind of turning turning the, the conversation? What did it look like then in terms of the evolution of, you know, stepping in as, you know, into your your current roles and 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 ownership as the other owner, you know, moved out. Like what, what, what has that shift in that evolution of the business looked like in terms of roles and ownership and all of that? Cause that, that is a huge thing that just happens in this industry is ownership, turnover, change, selling to each other, all this stuff and new roles have to be had. So can you guys kind of speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, we had, before we actually, um, bought the business had already really started feeling this coming and we're already, I would say, um, acting in ownership role even before we signed on the dotted line on January 1st of 2015. So we knew it was coming and we knew that we were probably going to change the model again for, for many reasons, but we wanted to change that intake process and have better retention but we knew we had to have very specific separate roles. Sometimes we cross over in our roles slightly, but we're pretty good. We've worked together for so long. I'm how much older than you? I don't know. I'm I'm 54 I'm, and I'm Jesse, Jesse's in his 30s. So, <laughs> so we're a good demographic because I'm older, an older female and he's a younger male. But um, also knowing that my strengths are um I'm the GM, so I run the facility. I generally take care of the financial aspect of things and make sure the money cash flow is good, take care of, you know, making sure the memberships get paid. We we hold rosters of clients and we're responsible for those, but I do make sure the money gets in the bank every month. And I'm kind of the party planner. We're having a tailgate on Saturday because it's a home game. And those are the things that I really enjoy. And it's it's been really nice for me because my counterpart, Jesse, does the stuff that I hate. And it's not that I hate it, but it's hard for me because I don't have that huge, strong 
programming background for the training aspect. So he his role is head coach, my role is GM, and then like I said, we work together on a lot of things. We're both really really into business networking around town. We're very involved in the community, um, and he can expand on that. But his role is is um, programming. We take care of our coaches. We find coaches. Um, and then, you know, if I miss, mess up something in the facilities, like, hey, the windows are dirty. And so I'm like, Duh, I got to get back on those windows. But generally, you probably know this. These are easy businesses to run on paper. And the coaching is generally we make it easier on our coaches. You know, the hard part is finding the correct client for your business model. And so we both really were well studied in sales. We've done Sandler sales training and other sales training been really valuable for our business. And um, knowing those roles, knowing what our roles are, I think that's really important for gyms where there's dual ownership. And that can go really wrong. Um, we have a good, healthy working relationship. I'm going to tell you right now, we don't always get along, but we come to a solution because we know we have to so that we can keep moving forward and building our brand. Hmm. Yeah, one of, the, one of the interesting things that um, before we took over ownership. So one of the things I'm really proud of is that we had, you know, a very healthy, um, you know, changeover in the ownership. That's was something that would, like I've seen way too many times. And uh, I just feel, I feel very proud of everybody involved that, that, that that's what happened. So as Carol and I were employees previously, um, we through, I think it was good business practices and just ignorance on the you know, previous owners parts. Um, we, you know, not, you know, this was what, 2008, 9, 10, you know, coming in as, you know, coaches, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. You know, we learned along the way. So Carol and I, for the most part, were given a lot of autonomy to run the business. So we were acting as business owners before we actually officially took over the business. So that's. We're going to move over to a different space okay. and we're going to take you with us. So as I'm, as I'm walking, uh, I think I can walk and talk at the same time. So. As we took over the business, there was really not much that was um, that was that was different as far as that goes, as far as acting as owners um, in that mindset. Now, what we what we did um, change that we previously didn't do was we went with a different um, business mentor. So looked around for a couple of years. And we decided to go with the Mad Lab group. So it has a so we follow their business model pretty pretty much to a T as much as we can. Um, and so things that have changed, which is that I think is pretty important from a macro sense is that there's three levels within our business. There is the ownership. That's like the top level. And then there's the management, which is the middle. And then there's the coaching. And so Carol and I, as owners, that is not a role that is just passive. So if we, you know, if we make money for the month or the year, then that's just, you know, that that's, that's whatever's left over on the top, a healthy business in the fitness Fitness uh, scene should probably be, you know, about 20% um, profit from the owners, but that's just us and that's not a role. The management, that's where Carol and I come in. And so our management roles are completely different than our coaching roles. And so what Carol just talked about are all management roles. She has her management roles. I have my management roles. And in a healthy, thriving micro gym, at least in our business model, there's really not much from the management because at the, at the, the base level, there is the coaches. Carol and I have completely we are we are coaches and that is completely separate from our management completely separate from our ownership and we have other coaches and so what we do as coaches is we um we have our own book of clients like i have my own book of clients she has her own book of clients it doesn't mean that i don't talk to her clients and service them but i am directly responsible for and get 
paid based off of, you know, whatever's coming in to our business. The gist of, of that compensation model um, is that we are incentivizing the proper human behaviors that we want that are going to go back to working for the client, the coach and the owner. So if I'm incentivized to keep John Smith, you know, John Smith doesn't come in next month. That's probably not good for him and it's not good for me and it's not good for the business. But if John Smith comes in next month, that's good for him. He's going to have a better life. It's good for me because I'm going to you know, be able to pay my bills and you know, buy a house within our community and put braces on my kids and send them to college and all that good stuff. And then it's good for the business. And so just really cutting out the management as much as the middle management as much as you can. And one of the hard things that um, that I've found, and like I said, for me coming in with an exercise science background, 15 years in the industry, you really don't hear personal trainer and career in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. And usually it's not for lack of knowledge from X's and O's standpoint on the personal trainers, you know, part. And it's usually not for lack of, um, like say motivation or drive, it's usually lack of business acumen and it's because the, the business isn't set up properly. Um, the business, our business model is, like I said, what I wanted when I came out of school 15 years ago and it is what I feel like is the best business model. Now, the problem with that from the traditional sense is that you have to learn how to get a client and retain a client. Most personal trainers out there or, or folks in the fitness you know, space and especially in like the group gym model, like the CrossFit micro gym model, um, are coaches that show up and they just, they execute the game plan. Um, cause that's not, the incentives aren't aligned. I'm not, I'm blaming. It's just a different business model. Um, and I would rather the, teach the coach a little bit of salesmanship, a little bit of retention and incentivize them. Usually coaches in the, in the, say the group CrossFit model, um, short of being a good person or not wanting to get fired. You know, the incentives aren't necessarily, you know, there. And, that, and what's really unfortunate, and, you know, I get a little emotional about this. I've seen a lot of really good coaches leave the industry yeah. after three years, two, three years, because there's burnout, because you just can't quite, you know, they get married, they have a child, and, and the business can't support paying them more. And they can't, you know, you can only work so many classes, you know, a week, and they have to go get a quote-unquote real job. And so the, the fitness industry loses a lot of really talented folks, um, because the business model is just broken. Hmm. Yeah, that actually recently happened at my gym. A coach had to go get a real job, and he was mm-hmm. an awesome coach, and it was sad. And you're just like, ah, dang it. So, yeah, so it is I, – I can totally see how that is just hard, and we, and we get you emotional and fired up about. So, yeah, but mm-hmm. and that's a really fascinating model. Just I, I haven't quite heard that with the ownership uh, manner – managing and then the coaching those three levels and that's that's really interesting even having you guys see okay these are the different levels and this is our role on each of these levels and this is how we're playing each level so I think that's really interesting um and I do want to ask you all you know in the years of owning the business and the years of running trouble and and I don't know honing in just like who you guys are and and you know this coach for life model and and all that you know what have maybe been some of the the biggest challenges that you guys have had to overcome uh that that you've really learned from and grown from that you can maybe uh talk on to hopefully encourage and even give advice to the other owners out there listening to this episode 
I'm going to go first because I'm going to dash out in a second for another meeting. But one of the things that's really hard to own up to, um, and this one is is pretty hard hitting, is not everybody is suited for your business model. Even though they want to give you the money, it can be they can be a problem client. They won't understand what it is that you're trying to do, what your message is. And so we have actually created, um, I don't want to say it's positive or negative, but we have created a barrier for entry into our facility because we want the person who undertakes their training and coaching with us to embrace what we do versus trying to change us because we're pretty, we've made these promises to each other that we're going to stick with this model. And so it's easy to take money because they want to be in your gym, but generally we've learned a lesson that if they don't fit from the beginning, they're not going to fit further down the line. And it could be a problem for the clients who really do align themselves with what you offer and your message. So um, that was hard at first to own up to because it's easy to take on 20, 30 new clients a month. But I'll tell you what, if you can't service them and make them happy, they could really be very toxic for your environment around your valuable clients who understand and embrace what you're doing. So that's that was a really big lesson that I learned in the past four years. Yeah, where to start? Um, I, I guess specific about about um, looking at your long term vision. Um, not that this has to be everybody's goal, but um, for a while it was it was, you know, the rise of micro gyms and small gyms are kind of kind of similar to like microbreweries, you know, in, in the, the business models, kind of the cats out of the bag and it's kind of flipped the fitness industry on its head. Um, but the, the the fitness space from a business standpoint is not overall is not run like a professional business and the typical personal trainer and the um, you know the personal trainers the fitness coach is not looked at as a professional like a chiropractor a physical therapist a physician and for good reason because most fitness folks just they do not hold themselves to a higher standard so if you look at that long-term vision, you want to have a sellable asset, something you can actually sell in 20 or 30 years and leave a legacy and leave to someone else if that's something you even care about. Um, and that's kind of just standard stuff in the regular business world. But for some reason, the fitness scene, fitness you know, business gym model hasn't seen that. Um, looking long-term, what do you want to do? And so we ran, I personally ran upwards of 30 six-week challenges, six-week boot camp challenges. And on the surface, they were awesome, right? <laughs> Lots of fun, you know, great, great carryover um, as far as getting one of those folks signed up into our regular um, gym membership. This was about, I don't know, five, six, four, five, six years ago. And when we decided um, that we were going to switch the model, the model began, you've got to do one-on-one -on -one private training <laughs> for all the reasons we talked about earlier to establish that relationship. And, as we switch that model, that just takes a lot of time. That's a lot of farming and harvesting um, a client and, and developing the relationship. Very similar, like if you wanted to have a long-term relationship, like a marriage, you, you might want to you know, do some pretty good dating on, the, on, on the, you know, the start versus just getting in, you know, hot and heavy and hooking up all the time, right? That might be more fun, but long-term, that's not going to set, you know, the best base for a relationship. And so when Carol and I took over the business. 
we had a good six month period where we were just doing all these one on one private training sessions, which is a lot more time on the floor than the group model. Right. But what happens is as you are developing those relationships, those are much more long lasting relationships. And so as you're developing those, those are relationships that you're developing that you're not going to see the fruits of your labor until like three years later. And so getting past that hump and that hurdle is really tough as um, one of our business, our business mentors, Mad Lab group, they have an analogy of you've got a bucket with um, baseball size holes and you're putting baseballs in currently. I was our old model. And so there's this, this churn as you're putting more baseballs in those baseballs are leaving. But as you start developing, cultivating these relationships with these clients, you're now putting softballs into the bucket, into that bucket. But as those softballs are coming in, you still have baseball size baseballs coming out of the baseball size holes because those are relationships due to the nature that you brought people in that weren't as developed. And that client, that churn is just higher. The client isn't going to stay as long to no fault of their own because you brought them in with 20 other people and you know, they're going to burn out you know, a little bit quicker. And so to have the just to have the confidence that what you're doing is right and and you're not going to see that until three years later, um, that's really tough for a lot of owners. And they get a couple, you know, a couple like a couple months or a couple years in and they crack and they try to like game the system. And and um, I don't know, that's that's just basic going from a, a child to an adult. That's a maturation process. Businesses do that. Human beings do that. And um, the healthy businesses that we see in the fitness space are doing that. Um, so the, the take home from there is like, just look at other businesses that are in business for 10, 20, 30, 100 years and, and, and look at them and don't look at the person down the, the other fitness person down the street who's really just selling to the child, the child mind of the client trying to get someone in quick. But then that person is going to be gone in three to six months. Hmm. Yeah. And I think you make a good point where it, it is scary. Uh, transferring over and and making that change and not maybe seeing what you want to see three until three years down the road like that mm-hmm. a little panic inducing i think for a lot of owners um but mm-hmm. it is cool to see that you guys have stuck with it to the point where okay this is working and it's really beneficial and it's just what we do now and it makes sense i i think that's cool and i think that speaks to having to stick things out Especially if you believe in them, you're like, this is this is this is good, and we know this is gonna be good, but there is gonna just be some rough patches along the way. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. No, so man, I, guys, I feel like we could talk for like another three hours, but I, I know yep. I, I need to wrap it up. Like we need to wrap it up because there's just so much information. So last thing, last thing, and we'll cut it off. We'll say we're done. Um. One piece of advice. If you give one piece of advice to affiliate owners, um, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. You're up first, Carol. Mm. Um, I, mm, boy, that's a tough one. I can go first. Uh, affiliate owners, probably the first thing I would do is um, expand your brand and have your own name. It was one of the first things that we knew we had to do because let's just have a scenario where, and I, I, for 11 years, 12 years, I'm in my 50s now, I move well. Um, but let's say somebody screws up that CrossFit word and that's the only word on your building, it's over. Everybody walks. And 
So we actually had a lot of anxiety about that. And Mad Lab Group said, expand your brand, get a name. And we went after it and we did it. And now we have this huge sense of um, security with that name because we own it and nobody can mess with it. Trademark patented. Um, and we also bought our own building in this past year. So that was really comforting for That's us. My awesome. husband and I own the building now. And so we are surviving in our own space and not paying the man anymore. And that gives us a lot of comfort and support, too, that we we're not going to get booted out because it's hard to move a gym. Those are my two things. I've got to go. I'm, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse's Carol, gonna thank take you. Over yeah, now. thank you for being here. Jesse will Thanks, wrap up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great stuff. Basically, Carol's saying, you know, stand on your own two feet and don't um, don't rely on somebody else because that somebody else could for for no no good reason. You know, something could happen. Um, for for me, I would say get a business mentor. Um, for us personally, I love the Mad Lab model. Love Patty and and everybody on their team. Um, there's not that's not the great business model for everybody, even though I am biased towards it. Um, Stu Brower does some great stuff. Um, John Swanson and Chris Thorndike with, with Factory Forge, they, they do great things. They've helped us out um, a lot in, in the past. But find a, a business mentor um, who's going to help guide you. Um, not, you know, I've got my biases, right? I have come from an exercise science background, professional coach, buy into the selling, buy into the networking. Um, but whatever, whatever business model you're going to go with, you're going to need some help, right? Constantly learning, you know, listen to YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, um, all that stuff's great. Um, but we all have our own blind spots, so it's it's really good. Just like our, just like our, you know, that's coaching, right? We have clients that come in and pay us good money to coach them. Plenty of people know exercise. Plenty of people know kind of what to do from a nutritional standpoint. But having that coach sit there and hold you accountable um, when you when you think, you know, maybe you've got it got it dialed in. Um, and, and that's just something that every, you know, every every industry does. There's CPAs out there for a reason that people that know how to do their taxes. People take their taxes to somebody because a better use of their time and energy. Um, people have financial advisors. Um, get a business coach. Get a business coach, and um, you might want to research on the front end personalities and really business models what suits you and what you feel comfortable with. But um, yeah, reach out for help. Yeah, no, and and I, I can't echo that enough. I, I hear that more and more these days that get a mentor, get a mentor. I mean, that's in all aspects of life. So why wouldn't yeah. you also apply that to your business? Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's great, Jesse. So thank you. Well, hey, thank you so much for repping it up and um, letting trouble and, and you and Carol be on and repping trouble today. Um, it was yeah. great having you guys you. on. the Yeah, it was great having you guys on the show and just like giving me all of your 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 huge heads of knowledge <laughs> um more, yeah. more just more just conveying experience i don't know how much knowledge is there but so maybe there's a little bit <laughs> there's a little bit well the knowledge has been yeah. gathered through the right. experience so but yeah jesse thank you so much for being on the show today i really appreciate it you're welcome thanks and that wraps it up for this episode of box talk if you liked what you heard or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear let me know by emailing 